This is Work at the Beat. It is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show tonight. Mr. Kern will join me after our interview segment. And our interview segment tonight is with uh, the former general manager of the Phillies, former Phillies player. He has been on both sides of the argument, well, the, the discussion when it comes to uh, labor. Um, as a player, obviously through the 90, 94, uh, work stoppages. And now, uh, you know, obviously oversaw was his part of the, uh, peace effort of the years after 94 as an assistant GM and then a general manager. Now as an analyst for NBC sports, Philadelphia, and one of the co-hosts on the WIP morning show once a week, uh, Ruben Amaro will join us and we'll talk some baseball. We'll talk about where he sees this lockout situation going. We'll talk about where he thinks uh, everything else is going with the sport and where the Phillies will go uh, to help fill some gaps here. That's all coming up in a few minutes. Next week, we're hoping to get Dana O'Neill on to talk a little college basketball as we get set. It's only two it, two weeks from Sunday, excuse me, is uh, March Madness, I believe. Um, the NCAA tournament will be two weeks from Sunday. Next weekend will be the last weekend of the regular season. Then you get into the conference tournament. Dana, of course, has a great new book out on the Big East. We'll talk about the Big East, which could get seven in the tournament. And Villanova probably not going to win the regular season title in the Big East after losing to Connecticut this week. But, boy, they're playing really well in a lot of cases. So uh, we'll talk to Dana later in the week. Mr. Kern and I, later in this show, we'll talk uh, some Sixers um, and a little college hoops as we get set and get steamrolling towards March. Last show of February. We didn't do a lot of shows in February because of my illness. Um, but last show in February, and then we get into March Madness. So we'll get everything started here. It's Ruben tomorrow. He's next on Work of the Beat. That follows right after this. <laughs> Major League Baseball's negotiations continue right now. Players and owners are meeting in Jupiter, Florida, uh, with a deadline imposed by the owners of Monday to get a uh, agreement signed and sealed. So opening day could start on in, in late uh, late March, like it's scheduled to. And I figured nobody is better at judging what's happening right now in this moment because he was a player. He was a, he was a member of the Players Association back in 1994. He's also been in management, and he's done everything, and now he's currently at NBC Sports Philadelphia as a television analyst pre-post game and during game. It's Ru- the former general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Ruben Amara. Ruben, how are you? Kevin, I'm doing great, and thanks so much for having me today. Hey, thanks for being on. I, I The first question, um, all right, you know, Everything we hear every day seems like it's slow, really slow progress. I mean, you know, somebody will bump up a salary $5 million or, you know, it take a year off the table or whatever. Do you think that this gets settled before Monday or are we looking at a delayed start to the season? Well, I think as far as a, a being a fan is concerned and being, you know, a lover of baseball, uh, you would love to see something get uh, done prior to to February 28th. Uh, but I just don't, um, I'm not sure just based on how they have proceeded in, in these negotiations, whether it's something that can get, I mean, I guess it can get done if reasonable people decide to be reasonable, but it's just, uh, you, what you see, what you're seeing here is a classic negotiation about leverage and I think that the Major League Baseball and the commissioner's office is feeling like they uh, may be able to leverage the union the players union um, by you know forcing a situation where you know the the players aren't going to get paid unless they play and I I, to be frank with you I just don't think that's the way to go about it I think that they're uh, each side could have gone 
could have been a little bit more reasonable throughout the process um, because unfortunately the last thing that people are, and when I say people fans are wanting to hear is labor dispute in this day and age. And, and I think it's just too important, Kevin, for the sport for them to allow this to drift this far. Would they, uh, you know, you were, when you were in the union, when you were a player, it was always considered that the union had all the leverage that the, the union kind of had the hammer most times. And they would see the, you would see the owners who would give in on a lot of demands as we got closer to breakdown dates. 94 was the exception, obviously, but it felt like that the players always found a way to get what they want. It feels like it's been flipped a little, the last 10, 15 years. Would you agree that it seems like there's no question about it. And, and uh, I think it's clear that Tony Clark and his negotiating team and the union, they, they, they recognize that as far as the piece of the pie is concerned, uh, the owners are uh, clearly ahead right now. And I think what, what they're trying to do is just kind of recoup. And and that's part of the problem because I think the owners are in a position right now where they have some leverage. They have, um, they have the quote-unquote advantage. And it's really the players are trying to creep back into it um, and, and get what they feel is equitable. Uh, I do feel that, you know, at some point, it is just utterly uh, it's utterly imperative that for the state of the game that these guys get something done and become reasonable and uh, you know just like in any other negotiation i mean n- not everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day but uh, but i think everybody needs to be satisfied and that's what needs to happen here in a very very short period of time there's been whispers that some owners are willing to let this sit for a month or so, that if they miss games in April, they don't think it's that big a deal because you have bad weather, you have, you know, the schools are not out. You know, they feel like they can rebound from a, a shortened season. And part of the, maybe part of the lesson of the 60-game year was the fact that they didn't have to pay a full season salary. So, you know, obviously salaries are going to be shrunk, you know, shrink a little bit. Um that's not the right way to go about this, though. They can't afford to just toss away part of a year because of, yeah, there's a little bit of apathy towards the sport anyway in a, in a lot of markets, and I'm not sure that's a good thing for, I, I don't know if that's Rob Manfred's game plan. If it is, it, it, I don't think it's a real wise move. I don't think, I think you agree with me on that, right? I think if, uh, you know, to me, if in fact that is the case, that they that there are some uh, owners and there is a faction that is okay about pushing this uh, into a month. Uh, I think that is the most short-sighted way to view this thing. Um, you know, in this day and age and with the COVID situation and with so many different uh, areas of entertainment for people to go to from Netflix to uh, Amazon prime to college basketball, March madness, NBA playoffs. There's so many things that the fans can, and the fact that they can go on, you know, a bazillion different uh, betting uh, venues and and betting things. I mean, the the fan, the average actual fan, uh, they're going to be entertained by something else. And I think uh, it's very short-sighted to think in this day and age, and it's pretty arrogant to think that this game is just going to survive it. Um, and it's just going to move forward as planned. I mean, all you had to do is go go back and watch what happened in 94, 95. It took a long time, and it took, like, the steroid era to get people to be interested in baseball again. And I don't think this board, this, this sport can afford that right now. Ruben Amara joins us. Ruben, you've sat in that corner office at, at Bright House where Dave Dombrowski sits and, and the whole crew, Sam, you know, Sam Fold. So what are the days like for a GM right now, knowing that the minute something does get done, there's this whole roster for the Phillies, especially who have to fill two outfield spots. And, you know, there's questions about whether they'll stay in house and shortstop and everything and, you know, pitching and all that. There's a lot to get done in what will be a real short period of time. What do you think Dombrowski and Fold are doing right now? Yeah, I, I liken this to, uh, you know, a situation, um, and it's, you know, probably 10 or 15-fold uh, compared to where I was because I always had uh, labor peace when I was in the GM's uh, seat. But 
you know, I think about the deadlines that we had, uh, the non-tender dates and uh, the free agent dates, the, the last game of the season. And all I think about is preparing for, you know, base, basically Armageddon when everybody's out there and everybody's free. And I think that there is, uh, and, and knowing Dave Dombrowski the way I know him, he's, he's, he's very shrewd. He's been around the block, obviously, and had a lot of success. They are preparing themselves for plans A, B, C, D, E, and F. And if not, then X, Y, Z as well, because uh, there's so many guys out there. Um, I think Dave is generally a pretty aggressive guy. There's certain guys he's probably going to be want to be aggressive with. There are plenty of holes they've got to fill in their um, in their major league roster. I mean, left field, center field, uh, bullpen help. Uh, I know they've already addressed some of the bullpen, but. Um, you know, they're not sure. I think they're going to try to work in-house as far as the left side of the infield is concerned. They have the right side of the infield taken care of mm-hmm. and catching and such. But um, but there are some serious holes to fill. And I think that Dave is going to be well-prepared. I mean, I'm sure that he's got all of his people, and I'm, I know that they've had plenty of meetings and some time to be down there in Clearwater when I was down there uh, to, to prepare for these things. And I'm sure he will be very prepared for all the scenarios um, it's going to be quite uh, an interesting frenzy, and 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 I am fascinated by what may happen, um, and how this is all going to play out. I know technically there's no contact allowed between teams and agents and players and all that, but is there contact taking place back channel between teams and players and all that, or you know, at this point, you think or not? I do not. Um, they have I've, any coach that I've talked to, any uh, person in management. Um, they literally have had no contact with anyone. I've talked to players. I've talked to uh, all, all types of guys on different levels of this thing, and the stakes are just too high. Right. And uh, and, and frankly, in this day and age, I mean, you can track down. I mean, if there is a question, they, cell phone they'll, they'll records. Track it down. Right. Yeah. You know, there's all types of records. Text records, cell phone records, uh, it's just not, it, it, it's not going to happen because you're talking about some serious fines that, 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 and suspensions, et cetera. I mean, the penalties are going to be pretty, pretty vast. So I would say that, uh, that that is not happening. Um, and that's what makes this even more fascinating because once that bell rings, I mean, it's like the uh, the horse is out of the gate, and you'll see. Uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Do you anticipate they would go for a bigger name? Like look, Chris Bryant's obviously one of the biggest names out there. Would they go for somebody like that, or would they try to patch those holes you talk about? Maybe with a lot of one and two year guys who could just kind of you know smooth things over until maybe things settle down a little bit. You know, I think Dave, Dave Dombrowski is a pretty aggressive guy, and I think he sees there's a, there is kind of an opportunity. There's no real clear, uh, other than the you know the Atlanta Braves having won the World Series, um, you know. But you know, the fact of the matter is that you know they they came kind of sort of come from nowhere last year to to win the World Series. So there's an opportunity. Um, for the Phillies to make some hay here. I know the Mets have done a lot of work and spent a lot of money, but uh, but they always seem to screw it up somehow. So uh, you know, did so, you say that so when you were? Me, did you say that when you were a member of the Mets? Uh, I didn't say that, but uh, but but it happened. <laughs> well, we never really got out of. We didn't really have no. the same level of talent no. when I was there as a okay. coach and and then as an advisor, but. Um, we were we had some talent, but uh, but 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 not not to the level they have right now. No, um, and I just think um, I, I think honestly, I think Buck Shoulders is going to be going to be a great addition because they really needed that culture change. But um, but there's an opportunity there. Uh, every team's got warts. I mean, we saw the whole. I mean, and at least was horrible last year. Yeah, and then and then the winner of the uh, of the World Series came from the NL East, which was kind of shocking. But they, they got that- hot. Arguably, well. arguably, without their best player in Acuna, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 who knows? Maybe you know Alex Anthopoulos doesn't get all those those four outfielders if Acuna is healthy, right? And right. then they maybe they don't win because he's there, which is kind of ironic, but that's that's the reality of the sport. Is that the strange part? Sitting in the seat you sat in for a long time, that you can make all the right moves. And I think most people would say in. 
2009, 2011, you did all the moves that everybody thought you should do. And yet it could still not work out and you could just make a, a fringe move. And that's the one that's the big difference. It, 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 it's frustrating, isn't it? For you, yeah, no, he makes a great point. It's the frustration and the beauty of the game. This is a game played by people. It's a game played by human beings and not widgets, uh, like like some people think uh, it is. But the reality of it is you can make the greatest moves in the world, and if you don't make the ball roll the right way or if you don't get have great fortune and you don't uh, – you know, if the baseball gods aren't looking down upon you properly, then and it doesn't necessarily work out. I really fully believe that in 2009, 10, and 11, we had uh, perhaps not a nine. I think maybe the Yankees did have as good, at least as good a team. But in 10 and 11, I would, you know, I, I would not bet against that team, um, with the Phillies team in those two years, as far as overall talent is concerned. And even in 12, I, mean, I think you saw Papelbon talk about how talented it was, but, you know, they all broke. So, yeah. Um, so I think just uh, it, it's a matter of being fortunate. And then in 2008, uh, you know, there was, there was some of those peripheral moves, the the stairs and the J.C. Romero's and, you know, some of the other you know Blanton. smaller deals, Blanton. The, the, the Blanton. And, and, you know, those things made a huge difference um, ultimately, just like it, it did with Alex Anthopoulos. And I think that's the beauty of the game. How have you enjoyed being in the booth? I know. Oh man, I, I yeah, I love it. Uh, I don't, I, I don't take any blame anymore, other than you know, probably you know, <laughs> screwing up a call or two. But, uh, but I, uh, I really enjoy it because I get an opportunity to see the game from another different perspective, and I think that I have a lot of different uh, levels of perspective just because I've done so many things in the game um, and been fortunate enough to do so many different things that that maybe I can give somebody a little bit of insight uh, about the way I viewed it or see it or saw it and. Um, yeah, and I really enjoy it. I, I I just have to be careful about that, and remember that I wasn't a very good player, and then it's a, it is still a tough game, and uh, and it's still played by human beings who are you know trying to have success. Um, I don't. Nobody's trying to mess up. Nobody's trying to you know not not win, and uh, and so you have to be cognizant of that. But it's been fun, and and I, you know I get to work with it with an absolute gem in Tom McCarthy, not only as an announcer but as a human being, right. Uh, just great quality people, you know, and, you know, learn, learn a lot from him and, and can, will continue, continue to do so, I hope. And you talk about that fine line that you remember as a player and you remember how hard the game is, but I think your role almost necessitates sometimes where you can't be soft on these guys either. So you have a fine line to work, don't you? I mean, in a sense of oh, being I critical, but being critical when it's needed, but not piling on. I mean, you have to keep it real, right? Yeah, uh, Kevin. I think they, I, I think you know these are paid professionals who have a great deal of talent, and when they don't, and they're not playing up to their uh, abilities, or they make mistakes, then uh, you know, uh, that, I think that has to be pointed out. Uh, I think if they're not giving effort, I think that should be pointed out. I don't necessarily see that all that often, um, and I, and I and I know that the players. <laughs> that the fans won't accept that in Philadelphia. So right. they'll, they'll get weeded out pretty quickly. But I think, um, you know, by and large, all these guys do want to win. They want to have success. Um, they, they, you know, they want to make the right decisions. The managers want to make the right decisions. The GMs want to make the right decisions. Sometimes, uh, you know, as we talked about before, it's not, it's not an exact science. And that's the beauty of, uh, of being in sport is the, you know, the beauty of the unknown and uh, what, what can and cannot happen at times. It, you talked about the sport and the changes and, and not the changes, but the way that the sport has been going. And there's been a lot of talk about changes. You know, obviously the DH is going to come into the National League. That sounds like that's pretty much done. Is there anything else you think, you know, the, the shift ban has been something that's been brought up. And I know you would have loved that as a GM because your, your power hitter would have gone off few more hits <laughs> if the if there was a ban on the shift what would you if i put you in the commissioner's office what would be your priority number one on on fixing the game quote unquote priority number one would be put pitch clock i would have a 20 second pitch clock it's something that the players as a, in my in the minor leagues for at least a short period of time 
and in the Arizona Fall League. I thought it worked very, very well. I think I thought it made the game efficient. I thought um, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for the players to deal with that. I think a pitch clock for me is essential for our game because uh, the, the way the game is being taught, the, uh, the, the, the matter of throwing a strike is not all that important anymore for some reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're running three, two counts, almost every single, uh, you know, almost every single hitter. And so to me, uh, I think a pitch clock is absolutely essential. Well, uh, I would do, I would do away with all the, uh, the lefty righty and you have to have, you know, minimums and that, that sort of thing. I, I would just let the play game play out as it should. But as far as a pitch clock is concerned, I think it's absolutely essential. Do you think it'll come in? You know, I don't know. But if these guys really care about the game and they care about the fans, then I certainly would. Uh, it would be a, a no-brainer for me. I've got a chance to watch uh, the fans fiddle-faddle around while while there's no activity going on on the field and in doing it in a very, very slow motion. And that's not what the fan wants today. They want a crisp game. They want to watch action. They want to see things happen. And I think uh, I think a pitch pitch clock is will, will 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 be a very big step moving it forward. Okay, final question: When's opening day? You think? Oof. Uh, my guess is that we're going to start on April seventh. Okay, so like a week delay. I think there's going to be a week delay. I think at some point they'll get all come to their senses. I'm hopeful that we don't miss any games. But my guess is we're going to miss uh, a week of games, and we'll probably end up playing what 154 or so. That's not too bad. I I rather have I rather have them just play 154 than them seven inning doubleheader things, which are. Oh, I agree with that, my friend. Oh, so Ruben Amara, the pride of Penn Charter, and Stanford, and a longtime MLB player and executive, and now on NBC Sports Philadelphia. I should mention on with Angelo Cataldi once a week on WIP. Uh, Ruben. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I hope I'll see you at the ballpark soon. Yeah, me too, Kevin, and uh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. No problem. Ruben Amaro joining us. Back with Mike Kern right after this. All right, thanks to Ruben Amaro Jr. for joining us here on Working the Beat. Um, Mike uh, Kern is now with us. Mike, I know you weren't part of the uh, call uh, because I had it recorded earlier. Um, He has, like, April 6th, April 7th as a possible date when everything gets back. Uh, since then, apparently another fruitless day of negotiating down in uh, Jupiter, Florida. Um, yeah, what is he basing that on? Just gut feeling or, or... He thinks there'll be a sense of urgency at some point. Okay, and, and so he's basically... Yeah, okay. He, uh, yeah, that, that's, I, uh, Kevin, I told you a long time ago, I don't care. They're going to settle because they can't go a whole season like they, like they did in 94 which was a half a season, I guess, but still, um, they, they can't. They, they just can't. They, it, at some point, somebody's got to cave somewhere. Well, I said this last week. I think it'll be Memorial Day. I think they're willing to, to kind of piss away. You may be right. They're kind of willing to piss away April uh, because they they don't the owners don't feel like they make money in April anyway. Um, so then, and plus, you don't have to pay players until – you have to only pay about 110, 120 games at that point. I think they're okay with that. And so that's well, my own. The damage, the, 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 damage the to the sport would still be enormous. But Well, there's damage already. I mean, even I mean, yeah, I, I know if they settle tomorrow or next week, and yeah, the damage, nobody will remember if they lose a week of the season. But then you get into the thing about, like, let's say they do start. Let's, let's just say May 1st for the sake of argument. Uh, do you just start the season then? Do you bring up a new schedule? Well, I think you would have to bring up a whole new schedule at that point. Boy, I don't know if you can though, Kevin. I mean, that that's there's a lot involved with that. Um, maybe they do. I, I like I said, or do you just pick up the schedule as it is and the way it falls is the way it falls? I don't know. I I just don't know how you can come up with an equitable schedule if you went from one sixty two to like uh, one forty, you know, and then try to come up with an equ- equitable schedule. Unless you're going to have teams play just mostly division games and you know national league games, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. That's above my pay grade, man. But I'm telling you right <clears> now. <throat> I I mean, let me ask you a question. Sure. Who do you think is more right or wrong in this? 
I think they're both wrong. Right, right. I, I get that. But I mean, are the players who, who has the more the more of the moral the upper, hand, upper hand? I think it's the players. No, but what I'm saying are the players unreasonable in what they're asking, given the fact that supposedly, supposedly again, their salaries have decreased the last four years. Um. Their percentage of the salary, we should point out. Their actual, oh, okay, I'm sorry. The percentage sorry. of the revenue has decreased. Not their salaries. Their percentage of the revenue growth has okay. decreased. Um, so so what did they used to get? Like, I think like it was 50? 53, and now it's down to 48. And, and why did that happen? Well, the luxury tax. See, there's also a factor in this, and, and I don't want to go too far down in economic Sure, yeah, road. I didn't mean to take you there. No, but... Teams got smarter in a sense of they stopped paying for as many older players. Um, yeah, you still have your mega contracts for for big-name guys and all that, but that middle guy who is the, the seven-year kind of the journeyman outfield, not a journeyman, but like just the middle-of-the-road outfielder who used to get like a four-year, $80 million deal, they don't get them anymore. And yeah. I think those are the guys who have really gotten squeezed. And if you're the players, you need to try to fight back and get them. Um, but, it, it, you know, as Ruben and I were talking about, the fascinating thing to me is when this <coughs> is over, boy, the free-for-all on free agent spending is going to be sure incredible. I mean, you have to believe that teams, even though they're not operating, and players, even though they're not whatever – you know, like if I'm Chris Bryant, I mean, his agent ain't stupid. He's probably sitting there with a list of three I, or four. I asked days. Ruben about this, and Ruben said that there is such concern in offices because of the paper trail with emails and text and all that, right. and that baseball can seize it. Uh, oh, but, I don't mean that. No. But like the back I, channel, saying, even the back channels, he said are closed no, at no, this no. point. I don't mean that Chris Bryant's agent would reach out to anybody. I, I don't mean no, that but that, but that the pl- that the clubs have to shut it down. Okay, basically. but what I'm saying is, if I'm Chris Bryant, I'm his agent. Sure, he he must be sitting there between him and Chris Bryant, right? Just saying, okay, what do you think? You know, Chris says, well, who do you think will be interested? And then he says, well, and and then Chris says, these are the three teams or four teams. I'd really like to play for if, if we could work it out, you know, whatever. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm I, saying I agree. And if I'm in, like, if I'm the, the, the Phillies brain trust, I got to believe it's somewhere in the back room, even though I'm not reaching out to anybody. I would say Dombrowski and Sam Fold have to have a, a, a game plan yeah, ready. Yeah, that's what I'm I agree. saying. And it, um, yeah, it's going to be, it will be fascinating, Kevin. Like, if they, because I know, don't know if it's going to be a, 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 a market where, you're going to find a lot of bargains among those guys, like, I, I have, or no or, or is yeah. it going to be a you know? There's going to be such a thing where teams are going to overpay. I don't know. Well, it might be. It might have to do too. Like, if anything happens with the luxury tax, yeah, that too. You know, if the luxury tax goes up, I mean, teams now. I think there's only four teams that paid the luxury tax last year. Dodgers, uh, the, the, the the Dodgers, the um, Red Sox. Yeah, I think there was two more. I I, um, I could be wrong. Yankees weren't one of them, I don't think. No, like, Yankees were under because they reset. Right, and the Phillies have consistently been close. But never going but over. going over. Right. So, I don't know. I, whatever, okay. Mm. Um, James Harden makes his Sixer debut in Minnesota on uh, Friday night. By the way, is James Harden really one of the 75 best players in NBA history? Oh, I think he's one of the top 50 players in NBA history. I Are was, you nuts? I was just surprised to see him on the list. I don't. Maybe it's Kevin. Me. Kevin, he's a four, a three-time scoring champion. He's a twelve-time All Star. Okay. Or what planet are you on? I don't know. I I have a tough time judging the. Active. Kevin, you're telling me top seventy-five, dude. He. I, I have a tough. You. I have a tough time judging the active guys. That's what it is. No, no, but, but look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's top, top. I'm not telling you he's better than Steph. I'm not telling you he's better than LeBron, obviously. I'm not telling you he's better than Kobe. I'm not going to tell you he's better than um, uh, Tim Duncan. But the guy's won three scoring titles, and and he's been a 12-time All-Star, I think. if my not, if, I, I could be off a year. That's, that's automatic. 
I mean, that's not okay. Even, uh, I'm like, yes, I, I, but I, the one thing he doesn't have is a postseason resume. You know, Allen Iverson doesn't have a postseason resume. There are one in the top seventy-five. There were eleven. There were eleven active players who were put on that. So, well, I, I will tell you this: if you're asking me right now, who's who was who's who who has had the better career, Harden or, or Iverson? I'm going with Harden. Okay. Here are the here are the eleven active players on the 75th anniversary team. You ready? Giannis. No argument, right? No, but again, we're judging the guys only plates. You know, five years. Carmelo. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Carmelo fan in the world, so. Steph Curry. No, no doubt. Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, I have. I'm not completely sold on that one, but that's me. Okay, Kevin Durant. I'll tell you one thing: Harden's better than Anthony Davis. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. Okay, Harden. LeBron, obviously. Yeah. Kawhi. I I understand why, and, and I, I don't have a problem with it, but he's been injured so much lately, you know, but he do he does have two finals MVPs. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why. All right, Chris Paul. That way. I think Chris Paul, we agree. Yeah. Damian Lillard. And Chris Paul doesn't have it, and... and a um a ring no uh, uh, no I mean a postseason resume right to speak of a da- Damian six time All Star uh again I'm not sure I'd I'd say he was definitely one of the top seventy five I, I yeah I'd have to see like who he's pushing off you know like is he pushing Pete Maravich off okay you know may I like you know I mean Alex English didn't make the list and Alex right. English is like the greatest player maybe in Nuggets history. And apparently he was a little miffed that he didn't make. I mean, another guy I think you have to consider is Westbrook. He is actually on the list. Okay, yeah. I mean, seventy-six but, players made the top seventy-five, but okay. Yeah. But I mean, don't 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 dismiss what Harden's done, uh, and he's not done. And, and I I admit there are some players that I look at. You know, when I saw the introductions the other night. By the way, that was an incredible ceremony at halftime. Um. It always is when you honor the greats. Kevin. Oh, and you know, watching Jordan walk out, yeah. watching Magic, especially it, yeah. when the greats embrace it. Oh, they, they all which loved they did, it, which they did, right? Um, but like, you know, and, all right, he was on the fifty team. I'm not sure I would have necessarily, and I didn't see him. But is Billy Cunningham really on the top seventy five players? I, I have a little problem with that myself he was i think he was a four time but he played in the aba for like two or three years i i would tend to agree with you like i don't think billy i, I always said i think billy cunningham was a great player who, whose career was wrecked by a knee injury right before but but i don't know if that qualifies but again pete maravich i, I i'm not sure that pete maravich as a pro you know was better than alex english robert parish was a great player. Is robert parish one of the 75 greatest i don't I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he had. I, I think he played the most game. He somebody wrote a story about him recently, Kevin. The numbers were kind of um, okay. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just. I'm just pointing out that, like I said, um, it depends how you look at guys. Like for instance, some guy was trying to make a point that like George Mike and was over. No, like in his career when he played, he was great. Now could George Mike wow. play today? You know. I'll get. Hey, I'll give you one that I always felt was a little overrated for his NBA career. For his NBA career, right? Bill Walton is he on the list? Yes, he is. Well, he shouldn't be. That that's ridiculous. But again, it's it's an homage to him because of how great he was. And he it, wasn't great. And 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 he wanted to. And the '78 team would have. They might have won it back to back years if he if his knee had. And he was on that great '86 um, yeah. Celtics yeah. team as a reserve. No, I, if you're asking me that question, I don't think Bill Walton should be ahead of guys who played 12 or 14 years and had great careers. But that's me. Um, so James Harden is on the list, and he will make his debut tomorrow night. And in you know the Sixers, supposedly, I, I was down, you're going to love this, Fink's Hoagie Shop today. And um, apparently they ordered, I, they're ordering food or something. Apparently a large contingent of... Um, um, Sixers front office 
including Mr. Maury, yeah. are headed to Minneapolis That's... to view this. <laughs> so, it's a big deal him? for them. It is a, a big deal. deal. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm trying not to make as big a deal out of it because I want to see it. You know, I want to see it. I want to see it in the playoffs. I want... You know, I'm not going to overreact to one game. If he scores 30, you know, I mean, they, they probably will beat Minnesota, I'm guessing. Um, but, again, I, you know, if he played bad, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, my God. Um, hey, by the way, getting back to the top 75. Yeah. Do you think Embiid's on the top 100 when they do it in 25 years? Probably. Okay. Probably. He would have to have an MVP under his name. But, yeah, I would think he would. Well, he's that. probably going to have an MVP right. under his name. Maybe he'll have more than one, than one MVP under his name. Um, so when you look at this, like they're two and a half back in the East, they're in third place. They're kind of in that mix with Miami and uh, I'm I, I'm blanking it now. I think it's Miami Chicago. No, I think it might actually be Miami and Cleveland. No, it's Miami and Chicago. You're right. Yes, they're, Miami they're and Chicago are, are 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 tied for the lead in the East. Right. Sixers, Cavs are tied, uh, and Bucks are all two and a half back, so three for five. Right. And the Celts are four and a half back, uh, entering right. the break or as the break ends. I mean, does it matter for them if they get home court at this point, or does uh, we saw it didn't matter last year? Yeah, but it, but in theory, it's like the Packers getting home field advantage in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You want to be the one seed. Right, you know the the Chiefs wanted to be the one seed, um, or Tennessee, I guess, got the one. But yeah, I, I mean, to me, you, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't. Right, you know, if you finish with the third seed or the fourth seed, but you're playing well in the playoffs. I, Toronto wasn't the top seed. Yeah. I don't think the year they went. Uh, I'm not sure. The Bucks obviously weren't last year. Uh, obviously, they, they, there's 24 games remaining. We should point out. Yeah. I think a lot of these teams are so evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's giving Cleveland a chance, which is a dangerous thing because they're pretty good. Yeah. Nobody's really looking at Chicago. But I got to tell you, if Chicago gets Ball and Levine back, which... Well, they, Levine they is back now. Levine, and, and they're saying Ball may be back. Right. They're pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I mean, Billy's... I, I love the coach in Miami, and they played a long time without their big man. I, I'd be, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. He's back. Out of um, Yeah. It would, like, if you're saying to me right now, like, would it shock you if Miami came out of the East? No. Oh, especially with shock, Oladipo back now. Yeah. Would it shock you if the Bucks came out of the East? No. Would it shock you if the Sixers came out? No. But again, the Sixers have never been passed the second round. Now, what that means with, with the new, with the Harden, but I mean, Miami's been to a final right. two years ago. The Bucks have been. Well, Bucks have obviously been right. there. Toronto um, has been there. Yeah, Jersey came within a, a bad toe last year of maybe getting there. Um, the Celts have, have beaten the Sixers twice in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I you know, uh, I I think the Sixer fans have to come to the, the realization that this could well end in the second round again. Well, Mike, I look at it like this. Okay, um, I'll. Give you the other teams at the top here, the five teams at the top. Okay. Home records Miami, 19 and 7. Chicago, 23 and 8. Cleveland, 18 and 9. Milwaukee, 20 and 11. Sixers, 16 and 13. Yeah. The Packers were the only team in the NFL that hadn't lost a home game this year. In divisional, in, in conference play, uh, or I'm sorry, in divisional play, Miami, 11 and 2. Chicago, 7 and 3. Cleveland, 7 and 3. Milwaukee eight and three, Philadelphia four and seven. But again, Kevin, you're starting with a new team. Yeah, I know. You have all all. The it's records. kind of a miracle, is what I'm saying, that they're in this spot. Well, they played. Look, they've played with, without Simmons. With yeah, Embiid missed seven or eight games. Yeah, this is the problem when we criticize Doc. Yeah, and, and Doc, there are times when Doc should be criticized. I mean, we know all the reasons that. Um, but and, and and they've lost some games to some teams that you wonder why how like how did you lose to that team? But to be where they are, not playing with Ben the whole year, I mean, look what's happened to Jersey. Now Jersey's been playing without a couple of their guys for a lot. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, they, you know, they're just trying to get into the, the tournament and, and, and then do something damage there. Uh, you know, it's just, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we'd like to think we know what's going to happen because now they have a superstar to go with a superstar. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't know. We, we just don't know. I think they have a chance. Four game stre- the four game stretch beginning next Friday. Okay. Cleveland at home, at Miami, Washington, or Chicago at home. Brooklyn at home. Leading yeah, but once, but once again, Kevin, it'll yeah. be like their, it'll be like their third, fourth, fifth, and sixth games with Harden. Yeah. I, I can't make judgments on this no. until they've played like ten to fifteen games with him, mm-hmm. and you see what. Look, we know Harden can play. We know Embiid can play. I mean, for all I know, this may take away from Embiid a little. It bit. Could. Yeah, he might not be averaging the thirty-five points but they may be a better team because of it well they're they're not gonna you know they're gonna have to relearn how to share the ball so um yeah i mean they're gonna have to learn how to play a different basketball mm-hmm. game it's it's going to be now you have a guy who wants the ball all the time mm-hmm. he's, he's he's one of the best point guards in the nba he showed that last year he showed that yeah um even though he's not really a point guard but he is and now you have to learn how to play with a guy who who right now is the favorite to win the mvp Although Jokic is right on his heels, mm-hmm. uh, and Giannis is right there, but you know he's the favorite. Uh, you know how is Tobias going to play? Yeah. How is um, the the, the uh, Maxi going to play? You know how is Thibel going to play? How is Danny Green going to play? Yeah. Uh, these are the questions that you and I and, and the rest of the free world don't know, and I'm not even sure Doc knows. I don't think he does either. You're right, but. But they, they they're better now. They, they look even though they lost their shooter mm-hmm. and they lost their backup big man. I get I get both of those things. They got to be better now than they were a week and a half ago. Yep. They have to be. All right. You know, well, you know, you you took zero. You took a zero, and now you've got. Can we say Harden's one of the ten best players in the league? Yeah, is that a fair statement? That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let me let me. Get the college basketball, and we'll do a couple of things hey, here. Before before you get the college basketball, yeah. when was the last time the Sixers had two of the top ten players in the league? I mean, do you count Ben? Do you count Ben as being one no, of the top ten? He wasn't one of the top ten. Okay, so so how far do you have to go back to Doc and Moses? And and we're, and we're assuming in '83, Doc was still one of the ten best, right? Yeah. Okay, he may have yeah, been okay. nine or ten, but he was in top ten, right. I would think. Okay, so that well, yeah, so that's forty years. All you know, because um, so Allen, I would not say Matumbo was one of the ten best when they got. No, 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 a one, no. And I don't think I mean he's having that kind of year, that year until he got hurt. Barkley never played with anyone that I can remember, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Johnny Dawkins was really good, but he wasn't near the top ten. So I mean. This is like uncharted territory. Yeah, it is. Goodness. Um, all right. College basketball will do two quick things. One, Nova. <clears throat> Nova looks like they're not going to win the Big East, uh, at least the regular season title. Providence is winless. And that was a crazy game against Xavier. Almost three-hour basketball game, but it was. I told my son to bet Providence. <clears throat> Roof leaks and three yeah. overtimes and shady efficient. Good, good, good for the Big East. By the way. No, Big East officiating stinks. Oh my God, Big East. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I sat. I'm not going to comment because I, like I, you know, I, Danny Hurley's an idiot. But again, yes. shouldn't you have gotten tossed? I have, I have no idea. I, I, like, I don't know what, but, but he's an idiot. When you act like an idiot over and over, it's like Calipari. They could have stopped Calipari 30 years ago, right? Yeah. When he acted like an idiot, just say, hey, John, no, you're not going to be an idiot tonight, but they let him. So when you let these coaches do their thing, Which, we all know who the coaches are. I mean, you know who they are. I know who they are. Um, and Danny Hurley's a good coach. There's no doubt about it. He and if Danny Hurley guy. would ever control Danny Hurley, he'd be a great coach. Maybe. But I don't think Danny Hurley can coach any other way because his dad coached that way. He's coaching like his dad, and his, his bro- dad and his brother coach coaches like that, and his brother, his brother looks like an idiot. Like that too, because they they learn from mm-hmm. a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, the most legend, one of the most legendary 
high school coaches ever. So, um, can I tell you? Doesn't matter uh, at this point. Look, Nova UConn maybe in the in the semis up in New York would be an awesome game. Well, uh, whoever Nova plays in the semis is probably going to be a good game. Yeah, right. I mean, they got you got Providence, Xavier, Nova, Seton Hall, UConn. Connecticut. Yeah. Who? Yeah, but who am I leaving? I'm, I'm leaving out some. They, well, they right now, like, right now it would probably be the two three game would be Nova and UConn. Yeah, but they doesn't the biggie doesn't Joe Lenardi have like seven or eight biggies teams? Oh, in they the have. Tournament? He has seven in the tournament right now. Right. Well, that's a lot of good teams. It is. So you know. Villanova might actually end up playing somebody good in the quarters. And only one of them, by the way, on the bubble, and that's Creighton. Yeah. And Creighton plays Providence. Some, uh, Saturday. Saturday at Providence. Without their best player. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He just got, yeah. And um, the thing is, and the funny thing is that kid that had the great game for Providence the other night off the bench, mm-hmm. he was at St. Joe's. Yeah. Until St. Joe decided to get rid of Phil Martelli. Hey. Which brings Do you know me- how good St. Joe's would be this year if Phil had never the guys Girardi tells me this all the time. The guys who were there that left, mm-hmm. the guys who were coming that never came, and they'd have like a team that would be they they'd be in the tournament. Be an A ten champion, yeah, probably. Well, I don't know if they but I was saying they'd be in the tournament. Well, they well, they'd who- be an A ten tournament team. I mean, they'd be a, a NCAA tournament team. I'm trying to think who the A-10's automatic qualifier Lenardi has right now, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. Say uh, Bonnie? I don't know if it's Bonnie. I don't know. I'm taking a stab. I I just know LaSalle and St. Joe both stink. And uh, I'm not saying it's certain. Uh, I love Ashley Howard. I, I don't know Billy Lang that well, but, I mean, he's you know, it, it, they're in impossible situations. St. Joe's a little less impossible than LaSalle, but. Davidson? Um, uh, Davidson's good. Davidson's Davidson. a 12 seed, according to Lenardi. Yeah, but uh, would, they, would the A-10 automatic qualifier be a 12 seed? Yeah. That's the only team he's got getting in from the A-10. You're telling me the Atlantic 10. Has one team right now. Oh, my God. Jesus. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. Wow. They would be a 12 seed in Pittsburgh against uh, Texas. Where is their tournament at, Kevin? It's, oh, they, is it Richmond again? Well, Atlantic City has the MAC tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think it's Richmond, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. Um, speaking of Phil Martelli, uh, I got to bring it up. I mean, it, he's one to know. Yeah, he's one to know. Hey, the best thing Juwan Howard ever did was hire. And, and I heard, who, who was the one Girardi was telling me? I think Coach Cal. By the way, the A-10 is at Capital One Arena. In Washington? Washington, yeah. Okay. The um, I think Girardi told me that Coach Cal called Juwan, mm-hmm. when Juwan and said, do yourself a favor, put Phil Martelli on your staff. And it's brilliant because yeah. um, at least there'll be a stability there. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying any of the other assistants that he would have hired won't have stability, but you know you're getting Phil. You know Phil knows what the hell he's doing. And Phil handled the media yesterday extremely well. Well, of course he does because uh, that's Phil. Because that's, Phil. that's uh, Phil. Did you think five games was just right? A little light, a little too no, much. No, I thought it was about right. I mean, you know, I don't think suspend them for the for the rest of the season. I don't even know if you could have suspended them for the NCAA. Well, they might not be in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they're right bubble. now. Right now, they're on the playing game. Yeah, right. They're they're a bubble. But I, you know, and I, I'm trying to remember, like when Cheney got suspended for Goongate. If I if I recall properly, and I don't know if I'm 100 percent right here, I I think he was allowed to coach in the A10 tournament. Okay, I could be wrong about that, but I know he he, he missed a, at least a couple games at the end of the year. Right. That Danny Leibowitz coach became the head coach. Now I think five <laughs> games was about right. And and what I would say is there was a lot of part. There would there wrong. would have been one caveat with that suspension. What? If you play Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament, you can't coach that. Well, I I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, I mean, you have to just assume that they're grown up adults and that they'll leave each other. Alone. First of all, I would say this: in my opinion, Greg watching, Greg Gard was wrong too. He what Greg Gard should have done walked okay, on, just kept walking. But that's not what people do sometimes. Uh. He wanted to stop and explain himself. Call him on Monday. 
Juwan didn't want any parts. But it all goes back to the point, Kevin, and Seth Greenberg was on ESPN. I was listening to Seth, and Seth says, look, you coach your team, I'll coach my team. That you know, Don't tell me how to coach mine. So if Juwan decides that he has his regulars on the floor with 15 seconds to go, pressing scrum, okay, why you made that decision, I have no clue. A learning moment, we're going to, whatever. You can do that. You're the coach of Michigan. You can do whatever the hell you want at that point. Mm-hmm. But then guard has, can say, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to turn the ball over here. You know, these kids, we're going to call a timeout. And then to say that Juwan didn't know the rule, I think that may have been going a little too far. I think Juwan was just mad he took a timeout. But again, I would nobody asked Juwan that question. No. I didn't hear anybody ask him. No, they didn't. Why were you pressing? And I would have loved to have seen what his answer was. I would have been. Because, but again, I can't tell him how to coach his team. But then don't get upset. Like I said this before, you're, you're coaching a football game. You're up 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And you want to know. And But then you throw a pass downfield. And the other coach goes, wait a minute. What were you doing that for? And you said, well, you had 11 guys on the line of scrimmage. Right. I didn't want to give the ball to my backup fullback and have him get tackled by eight guys. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I would say, you know, there are no rules for this stuff. But, and I think Juwan, I understand why Juwan was hot. Oh, I do too, but. He was hot because his team lost by 14 points. Yep. It had nothing to do with that timeout. He, he can, whatever he wants. And then when guard, and then and then the other guy, the, the assistant, whatever, yeah, um, but yeah, I think that I think that the suspension was appropriate. If he now, if he had not swung his open hand, you know, I don't know what they would have done then. I, I don't know, you know, if if no quote unquote punch right had been thrown, I, would he have gotten a game? I don't know. You know, I mean, if Cheney if Cheney had thrown a punch at Calipari all those many years ago, it wouldn't have been a one game suspension, right? You know, but then again, he put his hands on Jerry G- Gimmelstadt's neck and didn't get suspended. So I don't know what the hell do I know? That uh, was pre That was before me. Yep. <laughs> a couple. A couple. I other- mean, did you did, did you think it was right or, or you? I, I would. I said I thought his season would be over. I thought he would not play uh, do the uh, Big Ten tournament because I wor- I thought they would worry about the the circus atmosphere if Michigan and. and I don't Wisconsin think there's. A, I think you, you you're the commissioner of the league. You call guard up. You call Michigan up, or you call the eight and say, "Hey guys, you know it's like it's like I think I'm not sure if Saint, I I don't think St. Joe played Temple after the Goongate thing, mm-hmm. and that was different because that was a lot more involved with that than this. But I think you have to just say, guys, it's over. It happened. I don't think any Wisconsin players are going to go out there and, and or Michigan players and and act like idiots. I really don't. And I and I think the coaches would be on their strictest good behavior, you know. In that case, that's just me. Um, you know, let me get to a couple other items before we say good night here. Um, uh, the the first one, the first one may seem insignificant, and I know you don't really care about answers, but Troy Aikman is going to sign. <clears throat> an $18 million deal with ESPN uh, to become the new color analyst on Monday Night Football. Good for Troy. Uh, he is officially going to get Romo money, and it will break up the Buck Aikman team, at least for now. It sounds like that you know they're going to go either for Al Michaels uh, or somebody, maybe an Iron Eagle or something. Oh, ESPN's getting rid of their crew? Their, their yeah. Crew's done. Okay. yeah, sounds it. Uh, or they're going to get more games, so they may actually have the current Monday Night Crew slide to like a number two Monday Night Crew or whatever. So, but yeah, uh, but you can't pay them all that money if they're number number two number crew. two. No. Um. So so, uh, look, I think Troy Aikman's the best of what he does right now. So I love Aikman. Aikman. I, I think I think Troy's and I liked him with Buck. Yeah. But again, I'll like him with Michaels. And the New York Post, Andrew Marshawn, who writes this, says that Buck's contract's up at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. there's some whispers that maybe Buck will leave Fox, uh, which I find hard to well, believe. Well, what's up with Collinsworth? Is, is what who Collinsworth is sticking? Collinsworth is going to stick on Sunday Night Football. He just signed a new contract do, with. Do NBC. you think Buck would go to Sunday Night Football? No, they're going to bring uh, Tariq Owen. 
but that's for this year. But what what I'm saying is, Tariqa just signed a new contract, so okay. Because I was gonna say, if Buck becomes a free agent, um, or does Buck go to um? Buck, I could see Buck at ESPN. I could. Yeah, but they, so you mean they would just take? But but if you got Al Michaels, where's Buck go? Well, Al Michaels could end up at ESPN, or he could end up at Amazon for the Thursday night game. Okay. Um, which I, which apparently I won't be watching. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. If you, I know. If they're telling me I got to pay to watch the Thursday night game, then I'm not watching the Thursday night game. It's except, uh, except if the Eagles play in it, because the Eagles will be on a home team market kind of deal. So okay, or I'll come over to your house, or I'll listen to Merle. Uh, like now you'll be able to watch it at your house. The NFL okay. has that built into the contract. Um, don't don't met don't mess with me. Don't nickel and dime me my my butt. Sorry. Um, and finally, since you you used to cover high school football in this area, um, and I think you may have gotten out of it before the state titles really got going. Correct. Well, no. When when they started, like around nineteen ninety, give or no no late eighties, right? Late eighties, and so I was still because because of CB West. And I think Ridley made it one year. I actually went out to a title game where Ridley was playing somebody. Uh, and then when West would get – I didn't go to them, but I would write a story about it after they either won or lost right. in the state final. So, yeah. So, uh, the PIAA announced yesterday that they will no longer – they are ending their 20-plus years at Hershey Park Stadium. Uh, well, they used to go to Altoona. They're not going there either. Where are they going? State College? They're not going there either. They're going to Cumberland Valley High School. Where's that at? Mechanicsburg. Okay, so it's right down the road from yeah. Hershey. They're gonna, Why are they doing this? They said they got a really good package from Cumberland Valley, but I'm assuming they also said that the facilities at Hershey Park have become antiquated. Well, that's probably true. That I is mean, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Didn't they, I just, do reno- didn't they do renovations to the house that Wilt scored 100 in? Uh, I thought like years ago they, they, they did some kind years of years and years and years ago. Yeah, but not was it that long really. Yeah. I thought they did something. Well, like they that. actually got a whole new arena, which is Oh, that for, giant arena, right? Giant so they Center. don't really use her. She, that's no. right. I'm sorry. It's it's actually a public skating rink. Really? Yes. Wow. The house the house the world scored a hundred in is a public skating and, rink. And they play occasionally like PAA playoff games there and all that. Uh, the, okay. You know I, this is me complaining about the PAA. Okay, I have advocated to my friends I I have in the organization and everything. What they should do every year is rotate it on like a three or four year cycle. One year state college, one year Pittsburgh, one year Philly, spread it around, make it a big event. But they don't think that way. Well, what what is the answer? Like, where would you play it here? Is that what you're asking? No, 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 no. I'm saying what is their answer to... Like I, I, I'm saying, I'm guessing my take is that it's easier to take it to the same place every year because, like, if you came to Philly and you played it where, like, where would you play it in Philly? Villanova State. Well, I mean, where would be the venue near Philly that you'd play it in? Franklin Field. You you think they would take a game to Franklin Field? Why not? And have ten thousand people there. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it's going to look empty. Um. It's going to look empty no matter where they go. The second part of it, the logistics of Franklin Field stink. You know that, and I know that. Yeah, I know. Okay, the the rent for Franklin Field stinks. Well, take all right. Take uh, let's take basketball then. Play at the Palestra. Yeah, but you said football. Uh, I'm going with the major sports. The 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 two major sports, which are yeah. But you just answered your own question because Cumberland Valley is going to give them a sweetheart deal. I'm assuming parking at Cumberland Valley is not a big deal. The, the PIAA headquarters are in Mechanicsburg, yeah. so they're right there. Uh, yeah, why Why would you want to take it two hours east, west, or north? I'd love to see what they're going to do for hotels, but that's a whole different story. Well, yeah, but a lot of people might just go out there for the day, you know, or, or maybe they stay over one. I mean, so hotels in Philly would be what? I could see it when they came to Philadelphia, and the hotel cost like $300, and people would be like, huh? Ah. No, I, I I understand what you're saying, Kevin, but I just I making them more of a feel. That's all. Yeah, but but you got to have logistics in order too. 
Yeah. You can't just say, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Okay. I know for a fact that Franklin Field, what Penn charges for things, is prohibitive. Because people have thought about taking them there before. Well, LaSalle and St. Joe played there this year. Yeah, I'm just saying. I it's know. not... But what, more to the point, what, what were the uh, Catholic League playoffs like last night? I did not go. I had an in-school oh, meeting. You didn't go? I had, a, I had a school meeting. Oh, man, I thought that was like your favorite night of the year. Well, yeah, but guess what? I was going to invite you Monday night. Roman and Newman. I'm sorry, Ryan and Newman at the at the Palestra. You in? I don't know. Let me see. You never know. Yeah. Um, Ryan, see, I didn't realize, but you told me Ryan was in the final last year. Ryan or? was in a state final last year. Wow. See, I didn't even, because, of course, the Inquirer doesn't cover high school sports anymore. Be, so I don't know anything unless, unless you tell me. Um, what? They're that good, oh, really? How, let me, how did they get that good? Uh, They just are. Uh, and one, they're Lincoln, in different classifications, a, too. So A few years before that, Lincoln was in a state final. Yeah, I, I surprised you like, about that one. Yeah, how could my alma mater be in a state final? And I, when they, whenever I was there, they stunk. Um, that, I, so West Catholic lost then. West Catholic lost to uh, to uh, to Ryan. Oops. Yes. Okay, because West Catholic people told me West Catholic was good. West Catholic is good. Yeah. But, um, Can they beat Newman? They could. Newman had a COVID thing mid-year, which made it a little weird for them. But okay, um, so that's why they weren't the traditional Roman. So, are there going to be any players playing Monday night that we're going to see in Division One? At oh yeah, I think you will. I, now you asking me to name them? I don't know, but I know there's a couple on both sides. There's always, Newman Gretti always has a couple, right? Well, there's somebody at Iowa State who played at um, at um, Ryan Isaiah Brockington. Uh, wow, yeah, man. Who's like I, Iowa State's best player? Uh, let's give a let's give a little congratulations to some of our former colleagues uh, for the uh, being selected in the top ten of the Associated Press Sports Editors Contest. Uh, Matt Breen, uh, Mike Jensen, Marcus Hayes, Eddie Barkowitz. Yeah, that uh, was for the that was for the Cheney coverage. Yep, I don't uh, know what Matt's was for. Matt was a short feature. Is all. I okay. Uh, Keith Pompey on breaking news, and Aaron Carter for explanatory. So, which I, I, which for Ace, I'm really happy about given all the medical issues that he's had. Aaron Carter is one of the the two people, and and I'm going to throw the other name out too because you know him and I know him, other people. Might Aaron Carter, who's the son of of um, oh, Fred former- Carter. And Sixer player. Did yep. he ever coach the Sixers? Yes, he did. I thought he did. And just a great, great, great guy who's gone through a lot. In the, and Jeff Nyberg, yep. who's getting the chance to write, cover some Villanova games for the Inquirer. I hope they hire him at some One point. of my favorite people in the world is Jeff Nyberg. Yeah, and he went through a, 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 a big health scare a few years ago. And, yep. and you just root for people like that because – they're good, and they were daily news people first. And there's long stories there too about how that some of that worked out. But just you just root for people like that. You you just you know because life hasn't been easy to them, and and this, no. the business hasn't been easy to them. And um, you know, good for them. Yeah, good. You know, so good congratulations to all our friends at the Inquirer. Um, and, and, and most of them are our friends. I. Guess we can say there are friends. I know. I'm kidding. I mean, there's nobody at the inquiry that. Uh, but I'm just saying, we were daily news people, and we, while they were our friends, Joe, I don't have a, a, more of a friend in the business, maybe than Joe Giuliano. Right. We were competitors, but we weren't. Comp- I mean, you know, we, we we were, but they were them, and we were us. Yep. And for a long time, that was important in this city. Yeah. That we were competing and, um, you know, and that, you know, back when the Delaware County paper was huge and the Camden paper was huge and your paper, Bucks County. I mean, there was some fierce stuff going on. And I think the readers were the beneficiaries of that mm-hmm. because somebody, you know, at your paper could have broke something that 
one of the two bigger papers didn't have. Yeah. You know, good for them. And and that was the way it should be. Yep. And I think now that that's been lost a little bit. It's it's more replaced by tweeting and this and that and you know, uh, you know, I, I could name some names, but I, I, I would just I don't want to do that because it's it's not fair. Um but what it's become is what it's become. Yeah. You know, I went I was on Twitter real quick. <laughs> Somebody tweeted something. I don't know who the person was. I didn't write it. And he said, A source says that Ben Simmons is not going to play for New Jersey because he's informed them because Drago, the guy they just picked up, him and they don't get along from something that happened like three years ago. Really? And you put this out on Twitter. Yep. And, and then a thousand people read it and go, wow, oh, wow. And I, I tried to find it like five other places to see if there was any truth to it. And apparently, I, I don't know. Yep. But anybody can do that. Anybody can go out if you if you cover quote unquote cover the Eagles. Yeah, you can go out there and say, "Hey, you know, th- I heard this one. They're going to give up five number ones, and they're going and we're going to get Russell Wilson." Oh, okay, you know. And then three days later, when that doesn't happen, there's another rumor. And then every once in a while, they'll they'll be right. And then you go, oh, "Okay," you know. And the national people are the same way. And I'm not saying they don't do their jobs. I'm not saying they're not diligent about what they do. And there's too much information floating around. If you listen to enough of those shows, and I do because I have time. So in the morning I watch shows and, you know, everybody's got a theory. You know, I've talked and this is what I hear. And I've talked and this is what, and it's like ad infinitum. And they talk to Cowboys every day. You know, what's going on? And they talk uh, Aaron Rodgers every day. And, you know. And after a while, your mind just explodes. And by the way, what do you make of Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I got you here. No, no comment. I, I, I'm, I'm zapped out after this week. This has been. Is, a, he, is he just like like a little bit out there in the solar system, or is is he think? playing us? It's no, but is he doing this to play us? Or like I sometimes with Kyrie Irving, I sit there and go, okay, is Kyrie playing us? So we'll talk about him. Or is that really Kyrie? And I don't have the answer. So I don't know. I don't know. You know? But, man, are me and you going to go on an 11-day cleansing thing? That would be a no. <laughs> you know, you, a, you know, never mind. How about a six-minute cleansing thing? Would, would, we, would we be up for that? Isn't that the purpose of, like, Taco Tuesday? I mean. Yeah, God. Anyway. Hey, he gay. He could be your quarterback here. He nah, could. No, nah, I don't think so. All right. Thank okay, you, Michael. Man. Our thanks. Yep. Our thanks to Ruben Amaro Jr. for ta- uh, joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great weekend. This has been working to be.